Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. We're still on the 40 days of the Bible. There are how many of them? Nine 40-day periods. Oh, you're quick. Nine 40-day periods in the Bible, and each one emphasizes something about the preciousness of life, the values of life, and how we ought to look at it and how we can resolve problems if we understand how God dealt with each of those situations. And uh, then, of course, the last one that we've discussed is the, the 40 days between uh, after the what? The last one where? Oh no no the last the last of the nine. You oh. you're you're on the second and the third. Yeah. I was starting backwards. See if anybody remembered what we did most recently. And all we're doing right now is just kind of skimming over and reminding ourselves of each of those and drawing some uh, renewed lessons from them. But the uh, <clears throat> in Acts chapter one, what's the forty day period in verse three? Okay, after the resurrection for the 40 days, and Jesus uh, says they spent 40 days uh, teaching the women how to do potlucks <laughs> and uh, bake sales. <clears throat> the important stuff. The important stuff. <laughs> All right, so he spent those 40 days uh, preaching the kingdom. Now, how many can, real quickly, what was the first one now? All right, the 40 days of the flood, the rain, that's quite a rainstorm. I don't know as we've had one here like that since that flood. What was the second one? First giving of the law and the drama that was involved in getting people's attention to that first giving of the law. And keeping their attention for 40 days. And the suspense involved. You see, that's how God does things. What was the second one? I mean, the third one. Second Second giving of the law. And uh, what do you remember about that one? What did Moses spend his time doing with God? Trying to get God to get back on course. Remember that? So Moses understood what God's objective in the law was, having been added to the promise, and he wanted, he was entreating God because God was threatening to do what? To those people. Destroy them. Was that what you said? Wipe them out. Wipe them out. Oh, uh, cop talk. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So you see, um, uh, Moses said, oh, God, no, we, you, you, you've got a plan, God, and if you let these people mess you up, it's over with. And then you're going to be the, 
you know, people are going to, the Canaanites are going to talk about you. So <clears throat> we're on the fourth one today, and that is the spies going into Canaan. They were to spy out the land for 52 days, right? 40. You know, you, you got to get your head, 40 days. And in that 40-day period, they were to go in and see, God could have, God could have done all of that for them. And just handed it to them. But God never intervenes with human agency. Where the humans are capable of doing. And getting to the point where God wants them to be. It's up to man to do it. <clears throat> there are exceptions. But we're talking here primarily about the individual responsibility of human beings to do what God wants them to do. We are capable of doing it and we better get busy about doing what it is that we are capable of learning and following through on with God. Now, we're going to go to Ezra this morning <clears throat> on this fourth one and just bring up uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. <clears throat> we'll go to Ezra. <clears throat> and uh, let's go to chapter uh, chapter 9. We, we probably will eliminate reading Judges 3, 5 through 7. It's telling us what's going to happen that Ezra is telling us what did happen. You got the difference? So we'll eliminate judges today, <clears throat> and you probably all want Mark back again so that we can eliminate even more. <laughs> I understand. All right, let's go to chapter, because what we're looking at here <clears throat> is that these people, these people had a problem, is that when they saw the giants in the land, they got an improper view of themselves self-imposed weakness that to them gave them excuse for not doing and carrying out God's purpose for his people. We have to be careful about that. <clears throat> and now we find something else that we introduced last week and we're going to try to wrap that up today. And that is that when they finally Joshua and Caleb went into the land they didn't do everything that they were asked to do or commanded to do. And they didn't wipe out the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Canaanites, and particularly the Canaanites, because that eventually became a name covering all of those people uh, later on. But let's go to Ezra chapter 9. <clears throat> uh, probably I ought to go back to verse 8, uh, chapter 8. <clears throat> Verse 21, Ezra, this was after uh, they were beginning to return back to Jerusalem after the 70 years of Babylonian captivity. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of uh, Ahava. That's a pretty name. That we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for us, our little ones, and all our possessions. Now that's a tender thought. 
Verse 22. Now, why was he proclaiming a fast? You see, he had something in mind. And you talk about the first giving of the law, 40-day period number two, that God opened up that uh, first giving of the law with all of the drama and we learn that whenever there is something significant that we choose to do by plan, and we have a plan for that choice, it needs to be started with something that bears it, implants it deeply in our minds. Fasting will do that. If you go on a 120-day fast, you'll never forget it. <laughs> You may forget what it was it was all about. But, you know, 40 days we could, a lot of us could handle. <clears throat> but that's when you're really serious about the things of God. And you want to make some decisions stick. And that's the problem. We don't make decisions that we intend to keep nor stick to. But when we do, and it's an honorable thing, the way to begin it is with a fast. Jesus taught that. He's taught in the, in the epistles as well. So here Ezra is proclaiming a fast. That has to be thought out too. You know, everything God wants us to do, we have to think it out. Anything that's real. <clears throat> that we might humble ourselves. And now, now notice why he took that approach in verse 422. For I was ashamed to request from the king troops and horsemen to protect us from the enemy on the way because we had said to the king the hand of our God is favorably disposed to all those who seek him but his power and his anger are against all those who forsake him and of course you don't believe that you read it and you heard it but really we don't believe that so really the meaning of Christ is kind of neutral so we fasted and sought our God concerning this matter, and he listened to our entreaty. So now to the plan. <clears throat> Let's go to chapter 9 and begin with verse 1. Now when these things had been completed, and that's uh, the furniture put in the temple and and the gold and the silver weighed. That takes, that's quite a job, folks. You, you know, you, you've had gold and silver that you've had to weigh. It takes months. Right? Well, it does for Nathan. <clears throat> so when these things had been completed, the princes approached me saying, the people of Israel and the priests of the Levites have not separated themselves from the people. Now, now we get into the heart of the issue that we talked about last week from Judges chapter 3 and chapter 1 where they were ordered to go into the land and to drive out all of the inhabitants of the land. And they decided on their own that God's way really wasn't necessary. God's way wasn't really right. We're going to do it our ways and we're going to learn to cohabitat. So, the, Levite, the priests and the Levites, the people of Israel, the priests and the Levites, their spiritual leaders... Ezra's in to get that mess straightened out. 
they have not separated themselves from the people of the lands according to their abominations. Those are the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. Say it all together real quick. You missed it. One opportunity and you missed it. Verse 2. For they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves. Yes. It's interesting to note that the Ammonites and the Moabites, the Moabites were the descendants of Lot's oldest daughter from her incest with her father. The Ammonites were the descendants of Lot's youngest daughter from her incest. Did y'all get that? That's good information. The Israelites would have known that. And they would have known that. Yes. Good point. Thanks. Thanks for that input. As Tanya said, Mark's piano was a hard act to follow. <laughs> that comment's a hard thing to follow, too. I mean, that's good information. Um, for they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and for their sons, so that the holy race, the holy race, and the race is not a good term here. There's only one race, and that's the human race. Many variations. Tribes. But it has, they have intermingled with the peoples of the lands. Not just casually, but intimately. Indeed, the hands of the princes and the rulers have been foremost in this what? Unfaithfulness. Unfaithfulness. And it says in verse 3 that Ezra shrugged it off and said, well, what difference does it make? One religion is as good as another. One way of thinking is as good as another. One way of living your life is just as good as another way. So in the pot of confusion, all is equally well. <laughs> yeah okay so but what Ezra really did say was you know sometimes I tell you what people think but here what he said was when I heard about this matter I tore my garment and my robe and pulled some of the hair of my head and my beard. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> and then he sat down. As Ezra was coming in to straighten out this mess, but when he found out how rotten and corrupt these people had become because they had directly violated God's order for them to separate themselves from the people and to drive them out of their land. And they failed to do it. God is a God of making distinctions. And eventually, even if not in this life, in the life to come, He makes a distinction between 
covenant folks and non-covenant folks. And you better be aware of that. Yes, you had. So Ezra responded to this as a priest. Then, verse 4, everyone who trembled all the, at the words of the God of Israel on account of the unfaithfulness of the exile, they had already experienced 70 years of captivity in Babylon and had been released to go back and rebuild their city. And things hadn't changed. See, punishment doesn't always accomplish what you would think it would long term. So on account of the unfaithfulness of the exiles gathered to me, and I sat appalled until the evening offering. But at the evening offering, I arose from my humiliation, even with my garment and my robe torn, and I fell on my knees and stretched out my hands to the Lord God, to the Lord my God. Notice what Ezra says in verse 6. Oh my God, I am ashamed and embarrassed to lift my face to you, my God. For our iniquities have risen above our heads, and our guilt has grown down to uh, grown even to the heavens. Six verse seven. Since the days of our fathers to this day, we have been in great guilt on account of our iniquities. We, our kings and our priests, <coughs> have been given into the hand of the kings of the land, to the sword, to captivity, and to plunder, and to open shame as it is this day. But now for a brief moment, in verse 8, grace has been shown from the Lord our God to leave us what? An escaped remnant. That's where the idea of the remnant comes from. It was those few who chose not to do what everybody else in town was doing. And to believe and to practice not what everybody else in town was believing and practicing. They became known as the remnant. And look at that next phrase. To leave us an escaped remnant, an escape from all of the pollution, and to give us, I like this next word in the New American Standard. I don't know what your word may be. Tell me if it's different. But to give us a peg. Yeah. What's your word? Do you, anybody have a different translation? Secure what? Secure hold. A secure hold. All right. A, a peg. A point of reference, a point that you stayed tied to, is a secured anchor to give us a secured place in his holy place, a peg there that we won't move away from. 
that our God may enlighten our eyes and grant us a little reviving in our bondage. Isn't that beautiful? One more verse and we've got to close. For we are slaves, yet in our bondage our God has not forsaken us, but has... And what does that tell you about God with all the mess these people have created for themselves and for the name of God? But he has not forsaken us, but has extended loving kindness to us in the sight of the kings of Persia to give us reviving, to raise up the house of our God, to restore its ruins, and to give us a wall in Judah and Jerusalem. <clears throat> Oh, uh, I gotta read verse thirteen. After that, all, after all that has come upon us for our evil deeds and our great guilt, since you, our God, have required us less than our iniquities deserve, and have given us an escape remnant as this, we, if we break again, there's no hope. Shall we again break your commandments and intermarry with the peoples who commit these abominations? Would you not be angry with us to the point of destruction until there is no remnant nor any who escape? O oh, Lord God of Israel, you are righteous for we have left, been left an escaped remnant. It's the fact that some, the few who remained true, that were the expression of God's mercy... And of his grace. It was contingent on those few who said, we're staying true. We are not deviating from. We're remaining in the covenant with God. We will do what he says we ought to do. And we refuse to do what he tells us not to do. And they became the source of God's grace and mercy. They were an escaped remnant. <clears throat> so, verse, uh, verse 4 particularly, there's, uh, of chapter 10. Arise, for this matter is your responsibility. But we will be with you. <clears throat> You'll have some help. But notice in verse 3 what he was telling them to do. So now let us make a covenant with our God to put away the wives and their children according to the counsel of my Lord and of those who tremble at the commandment of our God and let it be done according to the law. Arise, for this matter is your responsibility. It is your responsibility to do what you ought to be doing and to get away from what you ought not be doing. It is your responsibility. You are knowledgeable of it. You are... a accountable for it, and you are capable of doing the right thing, now do it. Be courageous and act. So, whatever your responsibility is before God, be courageous and act. Let's sing our closing song today. <clears throat>